Hey guys. Hey. <laughs> My voice cracked that time. It's Ashley. Uh, it's Haley. <laughs> <laughs> and Haley. Oh, uh, let's and Ashley. try that again. <laughs> you want to do it again? I'm Haley. <laughs> Just leave it in. <laughs> and I'm Ashley. Yes. I forgot for a split second. Same. Oh, well. I mean, it's spelt kind of the same. Yeah, just kind of rearranged. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Same season. <laughs> it's Haley and Ashley. Yes. And this is what the podcast. podcast. You guys, we have a little bit of an update on the Idaho 4. Yes. Should we tell them what this episode is first? Yeah, why not? So in this episode, <laughs> that's what you're supposed to say. I want to let you try. Okay, so in this episode, we're talking about um, John Benet Ramsey. I think this is going to be my favorite episode. I think. I think so too. I've been interested in this case for so 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 long. Yeah, that I'm, I was excited. I've always to- known about it, and I've watched plenty of like podcasts and stuff on it. Yeah, but there's not a lot on the case like if not you really look at it there's not a lot of information yeah but then if you but then there's digging, a lot there's a at the lot same that time kind of pops up me and my sister used to watch did you ever watch the buzzfeed unsolved videos? i did see the video pop up yesterday yes. for john benet but i stopped watching it because they said two incorrect facts in the first 10 minutes which facts um that shoot what was it I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was two of them. And I was like, no, that's not right. And that's not right. So I just quit. I quit watching it. Falsified information. It was something. (laughs) They're super small, but it was just the point of they didn't get it right. So I was like, what what, can I trust you? Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of videos on YouTube. I found like that. Like all the stories were different. And I'm like, that's not. It makes it so hard to like. So I watched actual documentaries this time. Yeah. They were very interesting yeah the one i watched i want to watch it again like that's how interesting it was for me i really really liked it i don't know which one i bought it oh you did was yeah. it on prime it was on prime next sleepover we should watch it yes it's called it was the two episode one wasn't it yes where is it i know i bought it I buy the most random things, <laughs> purchases. Oh, there it is. The case of John Benet Ramsey. Oh, okay. And it's by who made it? Let's see. It doesn't say. I don't know. Maybe Amazon. I don't know. Anyway, my sister and I used to watch those BuzzFeed Unsolved videos mm-hmm. all the time because we like true crime and unsolved, like cold cases. Yeah. But the two guys who were on it or just they're funny mm-hmm. and so we'd watch it all the time and we watched the john benet ramsey one and i was just like that is so like how how is it still not solved, solved? how's someone not cracked yet exactly but i will say going into this with a preface ashley and i have the same conclusion and the same feelings mm-hmm. about what actually happened and we'll talk about it at the end after we kind of go over the entire case let them make a decision yeah listen form your own thoughts and then see if you're right or wrong because i did not have that decision i did not have that choice until mm-hmm. i finished the dog I, I watched three dogs until i finished this last dog mine changed too that's when it changed yeah because all the evidence was like bro how could it not exactly 
Anyway, exactly. But, so anyway, back to our we're going to do an update on the Brian Coburger situation yes, for a fat minute. Ashley, tell us what happened. Two things I'd like to say on this. There's only technically one update, and then seconds an opinion of mine. So two. First thing is so apparently before you get charged before you go to trial Mm -hmm. a grand jury has to come together and again i'm not a lawyer so i don't know if i'm exactly right here okay but from my understanding they have to indict you yes so you come up with all the evidence Uh prosecuting attorney comes out with all the evidence and the grand jury has to decide if that's enough evidence to go to trial okay so, with Brian Koberger, come to find out, they did it secretly at 9 o'clock in the morning, and they charged him. They indicted him. So, he has to, now he's having a speedy trial. It's happening in October, so look out for that. Yes. Um. And then, so, the update is, is that his parents have, is going through one of those indictments or whatever. They were subpoenaed or something mm-hmm. to show up in court. To be questioned about a missing woman from... I don't, this is a totally separate case. Totally separate. She, I think she died. They found her body. So she's not missing. She's dead. Murdered. Murdered. Yeah. yeah. And um, the parents had to go in and get... They were summoned, I guess, to... Give testimony or... Yeah, something. But news articles are saying that has nothing to do with Brian. Like, he has no relation to this at all. But I'm sorry. How is it not related? They're being investigated with a murder. His parents. Yeah. And he also is coincidentally involved in this huge... Unless his dad's like a psycho killer, too. And then he got it from his dad. I don't know. But, like... That's just so wild. I, th- to me. I have a feeling there's going to be a huge turn somewhere soon. Like it's going to be wild. Well, and this is what actually, and I can't remember if we talked about this on the episode or if we just talked about this separately. Mm-hmm. But we kind of are like confused or like want to see what happens with this trial in October because the fact that Brian is asking for a speed or asked for a speedy trial, mm-hmm. people seem to think that his team has got enough evidence to kind of clear him. Yeah. So that will be, if that happens, that'll be super interesting. I think this whole thing is going to be freaking wild. And I think yeah. if he gets off, it's going to be another Casey Anthony thing, Casey Anthony thing, but way worse. In just in terms of like the scale of the. Yeah. I think, I think this is going to be the crime of the, not the crime of the century, but like the. Probably one of the biggest true crime like in the last probably 20 years at least or trials let me rephrase i think it's going to be one of the biggest trials ever since i bet it's going to be bigger than oj oh my gosh oj was also a celebrity so that's why it was also so but this is like insane okay so now to my opinion part yes i watched a youtube video today and it was of interviews of students that went to Washington University or whatever the mm-hmm. college is right down the street. Yeah. And then the students that went to Utah, like the sororities and stuff like that, they all got notification that they had died at 9 a.m. before 9 a.m. The morning of. The morning of. And they died at what, like 420, 415-ish? Yes. So by 9 a.m., all these students were texting each other, calling each other, um, saying, we think... Kaylee's dead like like it got out yeah they said they think it was a shooting happened like something happened where they're dead there's dead students so all these students knew by nine o'clock 
So explain to me how 911 was not called until 1158. But all the whole campus knew about it by nine o'clock. Yeah. But the call didn't come until 11. So what they think is they're speculating is is that it's a party house. They had drugs and stuff like that in the home. Yeah. Which is fine. I could care less what you put in your nose. But. <laughs> but but you're but, thinking that they they needed time to get rid of. That get rid evidence. of everything in the house. Let's flush everything. Which, I think that's exactly what like happened. That should probably be the least of our concerns. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. But they're not going to arrest you for some coke. I'm sorry. Unless you're packing like four dead people. A million kilos or something. Yeah. I can understand that. Like you're clearly smuggling drugs. But for like a little packet of coke, mm-mm, they don't care. They do not care. They're more maybe worried about those was, four bodies. Maybe it was something drug related. Yeah. Then if people say that it was such a party house. Yeah. Could be. Like the murders? Drug related? Yeah. I mean, it's possible, but how did, I mean, Brian was addicted to drugs at one point. Yeah, he was. I'm not saying he's the killer. I'm not saying he's not. It all points to him. He's just, well, okay. He's a creepy guy. Yeah. Period. (laughs) I don't think it has to do with drugs. If Brian Kober did it, I don't think it has anything to do with drugs. I think, I agree. I 100% think that's why they did not call 911. And here's the thing. 911 was not called by the roommate. Come to find out, it was called by her friend. So the roommate who st- was still alive, yeah, never called nine one one. And she, and this is the one who saw the intruder. Yeah. By the way, in an insider, I don't know how true this is, but like according to the students and the word around town, blah 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 blah, is that they knew. Um, she heard loud noises. Like it wasn't quiet in the house when they were being murdered. Like yeah. it was loud. So she locked herself in the room and all that stuff or whatever. And then she saw him and it was just kind of like she put two and two together and was like, whoa, crap. Yeah. You know, and then I don't think it had anything to do with fear. I think the fear was her getting in trouble at the end of the day. And it really pisses me off. I like, sorry, at first if- I was like, I'm not going to victim blame, but I'm victim blaming. I just can't under like I'm I'm trying to understand in what place in her mind she was at, but I'm sorry I don't care like if I'm doing drugs okay mm-hmm. this is just theoretical if I'm doing drugs and I'm a college kid and I don't want the police to find out I don't want my parents to find out if my four roommates are getting murdered that's the last of my thought yes and it could be not true even if it's not true let's just say she was afraid in her room she never moved. Okay, that's fine and dandy. Both roommates were afraid to move. Because there was two in that house that were... I'm sorry, but if the whole campus knew that there had something bad... No one knew that they were stabbed to death. No one knew that part. Everyone was like, did you hear about the the students at Kings Hill, whatever that freaking house road is? That got um, yeah. And then what's crazy is that the police didn't show up until like 12 something. Yeah. Which is fine because it takes a minute to get there. Yeah. However, whatever. I don't know what time they showed up. But again, 911 was called at 1158. And the students on campus knew at, at 9, 9 a.m. At the latest. That is the latest that one of them could be like, I think it was around 9 because he's like, I had to be at work at 930. And I was up getting ready for work when I woke up to like a thousand text messages on Snapchat. That's insane. And so what gets me is that. Kaylee's mom mm-hmm. did an interview that said she knew about her death before she heard it from another student. 
at the school, they called her, her niece or something called her and was like, Kaylee's dead. I don't know how, but Kaylee's dead. And then um, her mom was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? So then she tried to call Maddie. Maddie wouldn't answer because they were like best friends or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, then someone else. So her and her husband are freaking out downstairs. Her 17-year-old daughter, her other daughter is upstairs. She comes running down the stairs and says, someone just called me and told me Kaylee's dead. All before the police called. All before the police showed up. So the the surviving roommate had to have reached out to somebody yeah before reaching out to the police have you not heard that like there was like five people at the house when the police showed up no you didn't know that uh-uh. i thought we talked about it in the episode yeah when the police showed up those five people there they had friends over in the house in the house because it wasn't the roommates that called 911 it was there's, the friends there's way way more to this story than yeah we, i'm we don't know. i'm sorry but like i don't even if she was scared in a room. I I can't get over the fact. I'm sorry. I'd be mad as a parent. You just let my kid lay there for four hours bleeding out. You're, I know they went quickly, but it's just shock, the point. But you would, I, I would think that you would call 911. You'd be so scared that you're like, I need the police here. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm, I'm sorry. Something sketch about it. And it might not be anything to do with the murders. Like, I really don't. But I think it, she was covering, they were covering their butts from something. And I just, I, I don't, I don't like it. And all the comments agreed with me on this video, which was not in favor of the roommate. They weren't talking bad about the roommates by any means. No, but, but they were just, just like, how could that, have what's happened? the cover up? Right. And, um, not to be like conspiracy theorists here, but like, what is the cover up? Like there's Why a cover up. Why would it take up. that long for you to call the police? Yes. They died at four or something in the morning and they didn't get called until 11.58. And people already knew. Yes, the whole school knew. People at Washington knew about it. Washington University or whatever college that is that's right there. But I don't, Isn't I don't remember the name of it. Isn't that crazy that everybody, that so many people knew. And no one called the police. And the police weren't notified. And these kids, these poor. Yeah. Kaylee's mom said that she didn't believe it until she flicked on the news. And the house was on the news, but it didn't say what was going on. Nobody still, no one knew what happened. They just knew the police were there. And they yeah. saw, and she said, I saw Kaylee's car in the parking lot. What a nightmare. And what she said, nightmare. they did not get notification from the police until four o'clock. In the evening? Yeah. She said it was four o'clock, which I get, I don't know where Kaylee's parents live. I was going to say, I don't know where they I, live. I'd be showing up. Yeah. Well, they, when they got the first phone call about Kaylee being dead, they called the police department and they said they couldn't give them any information over the phone. And which I don't know if it's like a rule in every state. I don't know how it is, but like death notifications, you have to be in person to do it. I think, Mm -hmm. I don't know how true that is, but like, from my understanding, you should be giving them in person. Yes. You should be knocking on the door. Like the military. If like your husband were to die, they come to your front door. They don't just call you. No. I think, I mean, if that's not, not how husband, it is, that, like, no, you know what I mean? generally, generally, yeah. If that isn't how it is, that's how it should be. I mean, yeah, I know the military's like that. Yes. I know for sure, but yes. I don't know about, I'm pretty sure law enforcement's the same way, but yeah. it's just, I'm mad at the roommates. I am mad at them. The fact that you could hear him talking to them, she admitted to that. You heard all these things. There's no way they went quietly. I just want to see, like, I don't know, poor roommate. Surely this girl, I, I, I want to see some questioning 
at court. I want to see her up on the stand. And they tried to get her off from doing that when they subpoenaed her. Because um, the defense wanted to interview her. And I bet that's what they wanted to interview is about the drugs. Mm -hmm. Because someone said, someone made the comment. It says, this is from CNN. One of the surviving roommates in, in a stabbing attack that left four University of Idaho students dead has agreed to speak to defense attorneys for suspect Brian Koberger after initially resisting efforts by his legal team to compel her testimony. Yeah. Because she's going to admit to something at fault. She's going to admit to something. And that might hurt the case. Because someone said, an attorney said, what could hurt the case is that she says she saw this and she claims she saw all this stuff. But if she was high on something, they're not, they're going to throw that witness, the eyewitness stuff out the water. Yeah. Like they're going to be like, nope, sorry, because you were so, you, can't in, you were under it. the influence. Right. Right. Well, and then maybe that's another reason that why they wait until 11 to sober up. Uh, previously, Coburg's legal team had asked a, a Nevada court to compel Funk, which is her last name, uh-huh. to travel to Idaho and testify as a witness, arguing her testimony would be exculpatory and her information is unique to her experiences and cannot be provided by another witness. Which I think we I think we talked about that yeah. a little bit in the episode. But I'm just mad at the roommate, mm-hmm. and all the comments on these videos are saying they're like, if I was the family, I'd sue. I would for just letting my kid lay there and not do the right thing. And somebody put at one of the end of the videos, I wonder if I could find it. I feel like I I don't look now. I don't know. Unless she was on some really, really heavy stuff. Like LSD or something. There's no way that that would not have sobered her up. No. Hearing that. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's just no way. Yeah. It's, it's unreal. Like, the comment you should see some of the comments on this video let me go to the very end of the studio here it is okay it says under the idaho law where any death occurs which would be subjective or subjected to an investigation by the coroner the person who finds or has custody of the body shall promptly notify the coroner or law enforcement that's a law Mm -hmm. and then any person that fails to comply or comply anyone who fails to notify the coroner or law enforcement shall be guilty of a misdemeanor punishable up to one year in prison and up to a thousand dollar fine the new york post has an article and this is an excerpt from it it says the terrified undergrad speaking about bethany funk Mm -hmm. locked herself in her room and neither she oh wait no this is the other roommate i'm sorry the terrified undergrad locked herself in her room and neither she nor funk reported the crime to the police for another eight hours after seeing him and locking the door. Freaking insane. There's no way that they're not going to be charged. <laughs> so it was Dylan Mortensen and Bethany Funk were the two. Yeah. The something, two something sketch. Something is not right there. And then it says any person with intent to prevent discovery of the manner of a death fails to notify authorities or delay notification to the coroner or law enforcement shall be guilty of a felony punishable up to 10 years of prison and a fine up to fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, because it's not. I mean, it's not like aid and abetting, but it's they sat there with a dead body for eight hours, right? And right. didn't report it. And they probably. And you know what? If they did do what I think they did, which was clean up. Um, speaking of, that's tampering with a crime scene. What is it? Speaking of, um, 
Um, anyway, um, speaking of, sorry, uh, what was I saying? Oh, if they, yeah, tampering with evidence, like they yeah. could have cleaned something up that shouldn't have been cleaned up. Exactly. If you're on drugs, I'm telling you at the end of the day, four people were stabbed. They do not give a flying shit what you do. They don't. They do not care. Unless, like I said, you're smuggling drugs. The first priority they do not is care. not going to be that you had pot in your bedroom. Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely you know I mean? not. Even if it was just like a little baggie of coke. I'm sorry, but they they don't care. Unless no, you're unless you're passing priority. out fentanyl, they do not care. I just don't get it. I don't. I mean, I'm I'm very interested to see i hate to be like that about the two surviving roommates i hate to be like that but i'm sorry but so much it makes no sense it doesn't and it just it it gets me heated it gets me heated because i put myself in that position like if it was my kid yeah like if something happened to my kid and the roommate sat there for eight hours and did not call police because it's kind of like a missing kid they say the first hour is important. The yeah. second hour is important. The third hour is, okay, we're getting a little worried. You know, 24 hours, you're probably never going to see your kid again. Yeah. So, time is of the essence. Well, I mean, and here's the thing. Thank God. And how's, how did the roommates not know? How did they know that they couldn't, if an ambulance had come, they couldn't have been saved? I'm sorry, but they don't know that unless they went in there, checked their pulse, and they were all dead. How did she? How did they know? So, if they were still laying there bleeding out, were you going to wait eight hours to call nine one one? Even if I had heard a noise, yeah, I'd probably go check it out. Which it's good that they didn't. No, they yeah, 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 I agree. But I mean, the moment I saw that man in the house with the mask, and everybody's like, "Well, it was a party house. How is she supposed to know? It wasn't just." What party house has a man in a mask? Like a straight up burglar. No other people there and everybody else is in their rooms or whatever. Asleep. asleep. And you hear, I'm here to help you. And he's wearing a mask. It makes no sense. In the information that's been provided to the public, it makes no sense. And if it comes to find out that it does make sense, this is law enforcement's fault for not. Well, it's not law enforcement's fault because they have no say what comes out. No. It's the uh, prosecuting attorney's office. That is, did the, and there's a gag order. So it's the judge's fault as well. Cause they're not allowed to talk about it. The 911 call should have been released first day. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet those parents still have yet to heard that 911 phone call. I, yeah, I highly, highly doubt it. They better hope nothing ever happens to my kid because I'm telling you, I'd raise hell until I got what I wanted. I just don't like, I'm very opinionated about this. The parents, I like how this episode turned into this. The parents. Yeah, I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. And I feel bad for the two victims. I really do because like I I don't I what a horrible I say experience. that I would be like I'd say I'd call 911 in that situation. I don't know what I would do in that situation like my husband said. You never know what you're going to do. I know what I wouldn't do and I wouldn't wait 8 hours to call the police. 100%. Hundo P. I I I'll be scared for my life. Yeah, but as long as my door is locked and I got my cell phone, I'm calling the cops. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I saw Come stab me. Like I'm on I'll be on the phone with 911 while you do it. Let them ping my location. Yeah, it's it's flight or fight or flight. But and I'm the type of flights. Like I don't fight. Yeah. But like I'm sorry, but I'm gonna someone's gonna be there to fight for me. Yeah. And it's gonna be the police. Yeah. I'm not just gonna sit there and not do just anything. Just think about any if the police would have been called immediately. 
he probably still would have been in the house or he would have gone away. That's fine. But he would have been in the vicinity, like the area. But also, if the police had been called right away, say say that he makes the escape, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and it's still, the Brian Koberger situation yeah. is still what it is today. They had to have left that room at some point. Yeah. And say that they find something besides that sheath, that knife sheath. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, undeniable evidence. Yeah. I mean, look at where we'd be. Or, you know, footprints going out the back. Yes. If they're up in there cleaning drugs and which they weren't, I don't know, Bethany Funk is 21, so it wouldn't be underage drinking. But I yeah, mean, even then, if even if it was, no one gives two shits about your underage no. drinking. And they, they would, they know that. Like, come on. Like, anybody would know that. You're not going to get arrested when you're murdered, when you're. Uh, There's four college students in your house murdered yeah and you're worried about underage drinking absolutely not i'm sorry that's not an excuse but like it was snowing for instance yeah he could have went out the back door there would have been footprints in the snow so they could have got the size of the footprint i'm not saying there wasn't any in the house because we don't know everything that was found in the house but there there could have been footprints and they would have found it immediately yeah but no, it was 11.58 the next day. The sun had come out and everything probably melted a little bit. Like, it's just little it's shit just like that. I mean, they they certainly would have gotten way more evidence. And I don't want to hear anybody talking shit about the police on this case. Because it's like, they're only, they can only do what they're given. They would, they, there was no way for them to know. And they did a damn good job. In. They found somebody like within like, what, a week? Yeah. Yeah, a anyway, week. <sighs> there's my little tangent. Sorry, victim. I said I wasn't going to blame you the last episode, but I am blaming. It's just hard to put ourselves in that position when the the information, again, the information that's been provided yeah. makes it very hard to understand why that decision was made the way it and was. And in October, when it comes out that they had a valid excuse and it's explained. We're sorry. I'll get on here and I'll apologize. Yeah. But I'm not going to apologize. I don't, I don't know an excuse that you could give me surely they would not let unless she just passed out like she has some type of disorder where she just passed out and didn't wake up until eight hours later but the fact that the entire campus knew by nine o'clock because i watched four interviews of students that knew about it before nine o'clock they didn't know exactly what happened there was a rumor that someone od'd there was a rumor that someone there was a shooting yeah and that's what kaylee's mom got was a call saying that her daughter had been shot she either so the roommate mm-hmm. she either had to have lied about I seeing it him says online how many seeing yeah. him in the door because the only other thing i think is she lied about it and she was actually just asleep the whole time and then when she because she's a college kid wakes up at 12 then is when she calls the police after seeing all of her roommates are dead that's the only like conceivable thought that i can think of for her to mm-hmm. wait that long is that she actually didn't see anything and was asleep the whole time anything else doesn't make sense to me there was friends there but i can't find other friends were in the house when the 911 call was made let's see if it says how many Yeah, the caller identity has not been um, What the heck? I don't know what that fuzzy noise was. 
Hmm. That's interesting. Okay. Is it that you're holding your phone close to it? Is it like a signal or something? Or like the magnets? Does that sound dumb? I can't hear it because you're talking. (laughs) (laughs) No, I meant like next to this. No. No. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, if they hear a little fuzz, it'll be okay. Anyway, it doesn't say how many people were at the house, but it does confirm that somebody else made the 911 phone call. So it wasn't even her. No, it wasn't. And they... Okay, so we had technical difficulties. So this if you seems hear any to be buzzing, like an ongoing theme the last yeah. couple episodes, but it's fine. We're just doing what we can I gotta do. make sure it doesn't stop recording, because every time we stop and then cut things, it always stops recording. So let's give it a couple seconds. What the? I know, like, what the is going on? Hold on. Let's give it another minute. Okay. Anyway, so this episode was not about that, but... We just wanted to give you guys a little update of the information that yeah, has been presented. Because we will most likely... I mean, the the hearing is scheduled for June 26th. So, for when? June 26th. Oh. So, whenever that happens. What's the hearing for? I I thought that's what happened. I thought that's what they did the other day. Koberger's preliminary hearings are are scheduled to start on June 26th. He already did his preliminary hearing. Oh, they moved it up? Preliminary. Brian Koberger's preliminary hearing. Hearing. That's not it. <laughs> it says ink burgers. Uh, yeah, no, everything. I oh, yeah, June. June. You're June right. You're right. You're right. Anyway, when that does happen, we will likely do. I think we should um do like updates, maybe like extra episodes that week of the trial in Ooh. October. Like covering Just what happened during the day. It. Like a live. Yes, maybe I should take vacation that day. <laughs> or that week. I'm sure it's going to take longer than a week. I'm sure. Because like, sure. but then again, speedy trials, they're not supposed to take that long. Whose trial just took that long? Um, Gwyneth Paltrow? No. Was that a speedy trial? Um, That one lady that killed her stepson. It took a way longer than it should have, apparently. Oh, really? Was it a speedy trial? Uh, I assume so, because she killed him not that long ago. Okay, anyway. So, back to what we were supposed to be talking about. <laughs> or on to what we're yeah, supposed whatever. to be talking about. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You guys like it. Okay, so John Vinay Ramsey. This takes place 20 years ago. Was it? Yeah. It happened in 96. Oh. She was. I thought I said 93. Read the line. Like, read the paragraph. But it's. It was just saying that a 911 call, a call oh. was placed at the Ramsey home three days before he. Yeah. So, yeah, it says 93. It was 96. It was right. 96. It was 96. I'm but sorry, everybody. The article we got was wrong. Okay. So. Almost 20 years ago. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. Pretty much. So. The Ramseys. They're this family. They're this kind of well-to-do family. 
from Boulder, Colorado, and they have two children, John Benet and Burke. And then the dad had three children from a previous marriage. Separately, yes. Yeah. yeah. Did you know his daughter died? No, I did not. Yeah, his uh, oldest daughter died in a car accident oh, at wow. 22. I oh, just learned sad. that like an hour and a half ago. Two hours ago. Jeez, maybe. that's terrible. Yeah. That anyway, is terrible. It has nothing to do with this story, but... But just... Yeah. To lose two kids like that. Well, not like that, but yeah. to lose two kids, that's terrible. Anyway, so John Bonet in 1996 is six, right? She's about six years old. Yeah. And she is like this little pageant girl in Colorado. She's like, does really well at these pageants. Okay. And they, this is like a, a well-to-do family. So on Christmas evening, December 25th of 1996, they, the Ramseys attend a Christmas party at a family friend's house, the Whites. Um, John Bonet gets a bike for Christmas, um, and then after they attend this Christmas party, they go home and John Bonet goes pretty much straight to bed. Um, somewhere between like five o'clock in the morning to almost six o'clock in the morning, there's a 911 call that John Bonet is missing. Yeah. So they find Patsy, which is her mother. Mm-hmm. finds this letter on their staircase mm-hmm. basically saying and we'll read the the letter quote unquote that's left um yeah kind of saying we have your kid if you ever want to see your daughter again you have to give us one hundred and eighteen thousand dollars, which is a very specific amount of money yeah. but they say you'll give us one hundred and eighteen thousand dollars again the people who have your daughter don't particularly like John, which is her father. And they made it sound like in the ransom, rants, ransom note. Ransom. Um, they said uh, that they made him sound foreign. Like they were. Um, like a foreign entity or something. Yeah. Like a, like not the Taliban, but like, no. like that though. Yes. Like a organization. Like a faction. A foreign. Something. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the, it's, Patsy finds this note, okay, and she's hysterical. So at 5.52, they, she calls 911. Ooh, I have the 911 call, too. Ooh, should we play it? Yeah. Okay. 5.52, she calls 911, and then two minutes later, she calls family friends. Um, not Seven minutes after the 911 call at 5.59 in the morning, the first officer arrives at their house. Um, and then a minute later, the family friends, the whites of which they attended the Christmas party, arrived at the house. Um, at 8.10, the detective arrives at the Ramsey house. And 15 minutes later, Ron Walker, who is a behavioral analyst, is contacted by the Boulder police. So that's just kind of like a minute by minute timeline of what happened. But it happened in the early, early hours of the morning. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the 911 call. It's going to sound fuzzy because it's in the 90s, obviously. And it's so sad to hear. Okay. 
So I watched an interview with a behavioral analyst. Like, I don't know if it says it in that. Uh, it might not be the same guy. Oh, okay. Okay. But a different... It's So the documentary I watched, they formed a team. And it was 250 years worth of experience on this team. Oh, wow. Of all of them combined. It right. was like the guy that um, did the autopsy for JFK. Like, it was like... Oh, wow. Yeah. So this team had a behavioral analyst on it and he said that the one thing that struck him as odd they didn't say John Bonet's name not once in the 911 call like she didn't say my daughter John Bonet or it was odd and then for her to get away from the phone like put the phone down he said that's when a crisis like that you want to hold on to a lifeline and normally yes. that lifeline is the police yes and to let go of that lifeline and then walk away says something yes and he said a bunch of stuff like that but um that makes sense i'd be because i I try to think if i was in her position i'd be afraid what if the call gets disconnected what if you know what if they hang up yeah because you're wanting to give them all the information to get somebody out there as quickly as possible yeah it was so they they kind of listened to the 911 she call did sound upset on. though like it she no, genuinely yeah. was like hyperventilating yeah she was clearly and i think the stress. behavior analyst said that too he was like clearly she was like not faking it but like i don't know he said that there was some weird the wording of things were like i'm the mother i'm you know just, just not not very natural yeah not a very natural way to say that yeah but i don't know i mean i don't know when i hear that i hear somebody who is in distress and scared yeah anyway so john benet's missing okay and then so patsy finds this letter on their stairwell and ashley do you want to read the uh, ransom note or do you want me to read the net ransom you're note? more than welcome to okay so this is what the ransom note reads mr ramsey listen carefully we are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We respect your business, but not the country it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed. And if you want to see her, or if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. $100,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure you bring an adequate size attache to the bank. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. 
I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence an earlier pickup of your daughter. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for a proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you not to provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police or FBI, will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned, we are familiar with law enforcement countermeasures and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that the killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good Southern common sense of yours. It's up to you now, John. Victory. Signed, SBTC. So that's the note that was left on their staircase. So, in the, um, in the documentary, it said, um, so what they did was all, like, six of them, I think, all the people that were working on the case, they all stood around. They timed themselves writing it themselves as fast as they could. The whole thing. They wrote the entire thing. It took them 21 minutes to write it. And that's without them dotting the I's, like going as fast as they can right. and copying it. If someone were to just write it the first time or whatever, write it, and then um, had to think about what the next sentence is, it would have taken even longer. Right. So the fact that someone sat down for let's just say 30 to 40 minutes and wrote this letter right it's no i'm sorry but no and the annual analyst said um that uh they're almost positive it was written by a female the the penmanship of the note mm -hmm. I, i'm not a i don't understand how nowadays we can't i'm sure they're i'm sure they've done this already but um i didn't see anything on it of why did we not compare her handwriting to... I believe they did. Patty, yeah. Uh, Patsy. Patsy, yeah. Patsy's handwriting to the letter, and they said it was not a match. I don't believe it. But they did find... But did they do that 20 years ago, or did they do that recently? 20 years ago, I believe. Yeah. They did find where somebody had started the letter, mm -hmm. and I think they got to like the first sentence, and then they stopped, and then wrote the rest of the letter so they had started it mm -hmm. and then i don't know there was a mistake of some sort yeah and then they found the actual letter on the staircase and it was on um, patsy's notepad mm -hmm. and her pen yes so i don't it's know not looking i'm too sorry good but so if far. i was still in somebody's kit i'd have that note prepared and bring it with me because you're trying to be quick about it yeah the whole point is get in and get out yeah and then all the odd all the nights that they don't set their alarm system because they did have an alarm system 
There were also no signs of forced entry. Except that broken window. There was a broken window in their basement. Yeah. Anyway, so, okay, at this point in where we're at, it's about six o'clock in the morning, and this is when the whites, their the family friends, arrived at the house. Um, at which is also odd. I'd like to preface the whites showing up. Yes, the nine one one call was made at five fifty two. So it was a two minute call, which we kind of heard, and then two minutes later, Patsy calls her friends. So friends. she hung up with nine one one to call her buddies. Yeah, kind of weird. I'm not saying. I'm not trying to tell people where I'm going with this, but like, just think about it. Yeah. If you're calling the police because your child is missing mm-hmm. and there's a ransom note saying that she's going to be executed if you don't follow these instructions, I'm sorry, but my phone call to the police would not be two minutes long. Yeah, no. And it's not like the call got disconnected because we could hear. Yeah. She walked away from the phone. And or the 911 dispatcher, I watched an interview with her because she said no one interviewed her. Oh, wow. Yeah. She said that because the call was recorded, so I guess they didn't really need to interview her, but like no one came to her and said, what do you think? Yeah. And she felt like they should have because she said she felt like she heard a third person in the background. Really? Yeah. She said that that's why I stayed on the phone. Yeah. Because normally we just hang up. Right. Because you can't hear anything. But they said, she said, I felt like I could hear a conversation with a third person in the background. So then they did voice enhancement nowadays because they couldn't do it back then or they did, but it wasn't good. And it says something like something help, something Jesus help or something like that. I don't know. I wonder if it was John in the background. I don't know. They said they heard a third person's voice, which could have been Burke. But been. Oh, here's a I found a video enhancement of voices at the end. Yeah. See if it. Uh, what is going on with these mics? Dude, I don't know. Anyway, okay, so skip forward. At eight fifteen, the behavioral anal- behavioral analyst is contacted by the Boulder Police. Skip forward to eleven o'clock that morning. Ron Walker, which is the behavioral anal- analyst, arrives at the Boulder Police Department, and then he meets with Sergeant Mason. Uh, he's a Boulder police. Um, so Patsy has the family friends there, the whites at this point in the day, which it's almost 12. John is nowhere to be found. He's just MIA. So skip forward to one. Ramsey speaks with white about searching the house. And this is John, John Ramsey Mm -hmm. at one o'clock. They find John Bonet in the basement. And that's the thing. That's the first place John went. Apparently, the police searched the house first. Right. But they didn't search the basement. wine cellar. Yeah. And so, um, so when they, they said, why the police? The police were idiots in this case. Idiots. The police wanted the family to search for John Bonet. So they, John goes straight to the wine cellar. First place he looks. And what do you know? There she is. There she is. So John finds her in the basement. She is dead at this point. John brings John Bonet upstairs. He puts her on the floor. He doesn't put her on the table or any furniture. At 110, her body is moved by a detective. 
10 minutes later, the behavioral analyst arrives at the crime scene. And then at 1.40, John Ramsey calls, I guess, his pilot and asks him to I detective overheard it. Yeah. Now, I'd like to go back a little bit to the body yes, being moved. Um, so when he found her body in, in and this is this is coming from his mouth. First thing he did was when he saw the body, he was he ripped the duct tape off her mouth, untied her hands because I don't know if he thought she was sleeping. I don't know. But untied her hands and ripped that duct tape off. He's frantic. Yeah. And then just carried her upstairs. But the autopsy, the specialist that I'm talking about, not the guy that did the autopsy, but the specialist said she would have been in rigor by that point. Yeah. Her body would have been stiff as a board. Yeah. So it was odd that. That she wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So. Let's kind of see what happens next. That's pretty much all that happens in the timeline wise. I mean, other than like the next couple days, like there's interviews and stuff like that. But like important. That's why I thought the case was so boring almost because there's only that like span of six hours. Right. And they don't they don't move John Bonet's body from outside of the house the corridor doesn't until that night like almost 11 o'clock at night yeah it's crazy like there was no evidence because the crime scene was stomped all over yeah like and then the point is that John Ramsey went MIA no one knew where he was for an hour yeah no one knew where he was and why would he just go straight down to the wine cellar yeah unless the well, police, the police like, we told him everywhere well the police told him we're going to search top to bottom or bottom to top we'll start at the top you start at the bottom again poor okay. police work i'm sorry but if my kid's missing you're not going to make well i would probably search but it, they, they should not they shouldn't it should not be a right thing. exactly and that's what happened no matter how convincing of an act it is yeah the parents don't need to be involved just forewarning i have a million thoughts on this case i have them all written down well i mean like ashley said until you really get into it i scared the shit out of me whoa what happened i don't know did you not hear the door like no (laughs) oh my gosh you're giving me the creeps (laughs) (laughs) i literally just jumped in the chair guys yeah her eyes went wide as saucers i was like what the what is going on what the where it's haunted up in here dude Anyway, so okay, skip skip to three days later. Okay, uh-huh. December twenty eighth. The Ramses are, or I'm sorry. Oh wait, no, yeah, okay, okay. December twenty eighth. They the Ramses are cooperating with the authorities. They willingly, quote unquote, <laughs> cooperating. Yeah, they willingly give hair, blood, and handwriting samples. Okay, like this is where they get the handwriting sample mm-hmm. from Patsy, and you know. They have to do a search because this is 1996. Yeah. There's not the advancements aren't well, they are today, right? So, oh, and I also would like to note, which I don't know if if this comes out later in like just the timeline Mm -hmm. of the investigation, but there was DNA found on John Bonet's underwear and her pajamas. That wasn't found until like I want to say 2006. But what they what they think is because I was watching an interview with mm. a I don't know if it was a coroner or what oh gosh yes 
<laughs> scared me. <laughs> anyway, so they think that it may have been, as far as her underwear goes, they tested just for like an analysis, uh-huh. tested a fresh pack of women's underwear yes yes i have that in my and notes there were traces of dna from the manufacturer factory. yes yeah so they think that's what that could have been and it wasn't like it wasn't that kind of dna yeah, yeah. apparently so just to kind of get that out of the way the only the only dna that i come to question is is that they said there was male dna unknown male d- dna under her fingernails and they say that it it she struggled it looks like yeah but the dna that they found the un, this just x mm-hmm. male dna does not match any of the suspects yeah so that's i mean unless they hired somebody yeah i think i don't know what i think about the dna that's up for debate for me yeah cuz it could be she was playing at the park that day or she was at or like or at the party yeah at the party her and her friend were messing around and she just accidentally like scratched him or something yeah or just like went like this on yeah. him you know touched him and yeah. it just got under her fingernails because dna it, like you barely have to touch it and it's, it's like dead there skin, like yeah you know it could be something like that okay so the next day december 29th they fly to atlanta which is where their former hometown is mm-hmm um they fly back to atlanta and then two days later on the 31st they they hold her funeral so she's had laid to rest in marietta georgia next to her older half-sister elizabeth yes who had died in a tragic car accident in 1992 about 200 family and friends attended a ceremony at the family's old church yeah Mm um so the next thing that happens is a um she does uh patsy comes out with an interview on new year's day on new year's day and it was a very odd interview first i'd like to point out she had a mustache i think that probably her maintenance is not very important to her at the moment she had a full-blown mustache anyway i have that in my notes okay anyway important the interviews it said are you convinced that your daughter was kidnapped and this is the behavioral when i'm watching this interview is being watched by the behavioral analyst analyst and they asked her are you convinced that your daughter was kidnapped and she's doing this she's literally shaking her head like this she's like no she doesn't say no but she's shaking her head like this are you convinced that your kid was kidnapped and she's shaking her head no that is so odd John then says, yes, she changed. He says, yes. And then automatically she starts doing this and nods her head. Yes. Oh, it's ew. creepy to watch. You have to watch it. But I'm like, James and I are watching it and I'm like, bro, like her head, she's like she's literally along. going like she's saying no. It's like beforehand. John was like, let me take the lead and yeah. just do what. Yeah. Agree with what I say. And uh the behavioral analyst i wish i wrote his name down it's in here somewhere but he um he said that they were just like what like she's literally saying no like she's openly saying no she doesn't believe it because your body automatically does it like yeah it's just your body language everything like that and then she has the famous like quote she says there is a killer on the loose 
I do not know who it is, if it's a he or she, but I, if I was a resident of Boulder, I would tell my friends to keep, keep, keep your babies close to you. There's someone out there. That's so just, just because of their body language up to this point and it just, they just don't seem like in the media, right? Like when mm-hmm. they're, cause people are taking pictures of them and stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is all over the news. And the thing was CNN interview said it was odd because they're not famous. And this was right after OJ. Yeah. And so everyone was like, why are they getting on this publicity? Like, they said it was because it was the day after Christmas and there's no news the day after Christmas. Right. So that's why I got picked up. Yeah. But I don't know. Who knows? Everyone's like, they're not OJ. So why is it getting so famous? Well, it always comes back to OJ. Anyway. So January 2nd, the day after that, that interview that they give investigators follow them to Georgia. So a team of five detectives from Boulder fly to Atlanta, according to CNN Investigators were shocked. The Ramseys granted the TV interview since they had claimed to be too emotional to talk to the police. So they wouldn't cooperate necessarily yeah. with the police, but they would do these on-camera interviews, which is a little bizarre. Um, so the investigation still ongoing. The next day on January 3rd, detectives reveal the ransom note was written inside the house. So they come, the detectives come out and announce that the note was written on a paper pad from inside the house, um, meaning it was likely written after John Bonet was murdered. Yeah. So they come back, the, you know, family comes back to Boulder. Um, and a couple days later, or on January 6th, school resumes at John Bonet school. Um, they bring counselors in to talk to the kids, you know, try to understand what happened because I mean, she's six, mm-hmm. she's a young kid. These kids don't really understand. Um, and then a couple of days later, this is when the practice ransom note comes out. So there was evidence that somebody wrote the first ransom note quickly stopped and then started again with what is, seems to be the final draft they found on the stairs. I would just like to point out up to this point, we haven't talked at all about the brother. Yeah. He, and that's every doc that I watched. He does not come up at all in the beginning. No, no. not at all. I did see, I watched an interview with, um, John Patsy passed away in 2006. I want to say, um, from illness and John remarried. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. John remarried. Um, but he said in an, in an interview with, I'll be honest, I can't remember if it was Diane Sawyer or if it was Oprah. I think mm-hmm. it was Oprah. And um, he said, you know, Burke was nine at the time. Mm-hmm. And they really wanted to keep him shielded from the media, from the questioning, which he was questioned. He had to be questioned after it happened. But they really wanted to try to keep his life as normal as possible. So that's, that's something important to remember everybody. So, um, speaking of the Burke interview. So the first interview in 97, he did, um, 
they said, how are you handling something? I'm like paraphrasing, but like they said, how are you handling what's happened to John Benet? And he said, you know what? I'm basically going on with my life, you know? And he said, um, uh, and then they asked, okay, when, how did you find out? And he was like, the policeman said she was missing or something like that. And then he said, um, I know what happened. I asked my dad, where did they find the body? This kid is creepy AF. Like, and I was talking to James and he was like, kids process things differently. Yeah. It could just be, he had no emotion at all towards his sister. Yeah. And, um, which, and it was said they, John Bonet and Burke did not get along very well. Mm -hmm. Like they were, they were kids. They were brother and sister. Yeah. So they fought. You Apparently know. he hit her upside the head with a golf club one time. Yes. And I left did a scar. See that. And, um, I did but see that's, that. but that, that story is coming from a friend that's mad at them. So I can't, I don't trust it a hundred percent. Cause I wrote in my notes, her name was Judith Phillips. She was the photographer for the family. And she said, um, so there was the whites who said the investig who said the investigation was stalled because the Ramseys wouldn't cooperate. The neighbors wouldn't speak about the case. Mm -hmm. The gardener who I also wrote some opinionated things about in 1996, he was their gardener. And I said, personal opinion. He gave me weird vibes, like someone who likes kids. Like he should have been <laughs> number one. <laughs> yeah. Cause he looked, he, he gave me the vibes. Like, I'm sorry, but if you're in an interview and you're all smiles and I can see all your teeth and you're just happy to be there. And we're talking about red flag number one. Yes. And he was red just creepy. You, you have to watch the interview. He's just creepy. And then Judith Phillips was the photographer and family friend. Um, their daughters played together. Patsy was dying she mentioned that this is where that came from too. Mm -hmm. She mentioned that Patsy was dying John Bonet's hair bleach blonde. And then Patsy, when confronted about it by Judith, she said, Patsy said, no, it's just from the summer sun is why her hair's so light. Right. So, but yeah, I see articles all the time that she was a pageant girl. So mom dyed her hair bleach blonde. She was a pageant Which she girl. could have done bleach blonde. I bet she did. Like, don't get me wrong. But, yeah. But... Oh my, oh my god, the static. What the heck? Hold on. Oh my gosh. And we're back. Okay, sorry. We're having some technical difficulties. <laughs> what is going on today? Anyway, but she was saying um, the bleach blonde hair thing. So she might have yes. done it. Who knows? But it's her kid's hair. She can do what she wants. I'm yeah. not going to hate her for that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, she said... Um, she said that Judith said that she went to take pictures and noticed a cut underneath John Bonet's eye or a scar or whatever. And um, they said, yeah, Berg accidentally hit her in the face with the golf club, which happens. I mean, yeah. I mean, accidents do happen. But yeah. um, she said, did you and Patsy stay friends after what happened with John Bonet? And she said, no. She said that... Um, she said Ramsey cut her off since she talked to the police. She didn't obey. The rule was in the circle of friends, you did not talk to the police, reporters, nobody. Like, you cannot say anything about the family. That is so wild. Yeah. And so she didn't obey. So they cut her off. 
And she said she asked, and then she said before that, Patsy asked Judith, because Judith was friends with the mayor, mm-hmm. to ask them for um, uh, protection. I, I don't know if it's protection from the police. I don't know. But this Judith girl looked like she liked the attention she was getting. So, like, I don't 100% like trust everything no yeah she looked like she was enjoying the attention she was but getting also what so I, okay in that way i would understand why patsy would be upset mm-hmm. but also as a parent mm-hmm. right why why would you try and stifle anything that might help in finding who killed your child yeah it's a red flag for sure i don't know so should we bounce to the autopsy yeah, I think let's do that because the rest of it is kind of it's good information, but not not really necessary. OK, so the autopsy was released August 13th. No. Was yeah released to the public August 13th, 1997. Um, November 5th. And I don't know who the autopsy guy was. I really don't. I didn't write it down, but he came out and said that it was two things she died from which that's impossible you die from one thing two things you die from he just couldn't decide which one it was yeah which is fine could be a possibility of either blunt force trauma to the head mm-hmm. and as- asphyxiation it, no ex oh this oh, one's shit. got me this one's she got was me strangled up. she was strangled to death yes so um those two things well dr spitz I, I don't, is that how you say his name? Mm-hmm. Dr. Yeah. Spitz, who is, he worked on the JFK case. Yes. He's like one of the best autopsy people in the world. He, he has another title too. He does other things as well, but he does do autopsies. He reviews autopsy results and um, he wanted to go into the house and view it in the interview. He was like, I asked the family if I can go in, look around, kind of like. Form an analysis. Yes. Yes. They told him, no, you're not allowed in the home. So, he said that because he viewed the autopsy, there was a blow to the right side of the head. Bone underneath that shows the area was perfectly rectangular shape. And and next to the counter, on the counter, there was a flashlight that no one in the family claimed to own. So, John, Patsy, Burke, Burke, nobody, police, nobody owned up to this flashlight. So they did some testing and it the flashlight meets, I mean, is the exact same like with, curvature of yes, this abrasion on Yes. Her head. So they in the in the documentary I watched, they did pigskin with a skull underneath. Mm-hmm. And they had a 10-year-old come in with the flashlight, the same flashlight, not the exact same flashlight, but the same yes, one. Yes. Yeah. And just said, Hey, hit the skull right about here. The kid went whack. Sure enough, same exact breakage. Like it oh was just so what he concluded was that she died from the head force trauma because it didn't break the skin. That's why there's no blood at the scene. Yeah. It didn't break the skin and it didn't break the skin when that 10 year old did the test on the dummy. Yeah. Um, well, John Benet's six. She's so small. Yes. I mean, and so in the skin's like malleable or whatever the word is. Malleable, yeah. Yeah. And um, it didn't break the skin. It just did, um, it just broke the bone underneath. So they think she internally, like the brain swelled and all that stuff, yes. and she died from that. Right. And then like to cover up, because they said that she was choked to death. He said she was choked to death after death. So after she had died, she was dead before being choked to death. 
Um, and they think the stick, because it was a stick tied to ropes. I don't, there's a technical term for that. I don't know what it is. Uh, But, not a tourniquet, but something like that. Well, I don't think it's called that, but no, but I I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. It was like a stick. So that way you can grip it and pull. Mm -hmm. It gives you more of a force. But as a six year old, they stated, there's no reason to have that stick. All you need is your two hands as an adult and just squeeze until she's dead yeah but no there was It'd a stick and they think like it was WWE staged wrestler, but yeah this is a six-year-old I yeah mean. yeah so they didn't really need that but that was the conclusion of um that but to play devil's advocate one of the other because again this is six people around the table mm-hmm. so you have professionals all around the table and one of them said well why is there no tissue or blood on the flashlight yeah and Dr. Spitz said that there he has seen many of times where the skull has been broken without breaking the skin, which would not cause blood or tissue to then. Right. There might be DNA from her, like just from touching it. Yeah. But there wouldn't be any tissue or anything because the skin never broke. Right. Right. So the flashlight was not claimed by anyone in the house. Um, the 10 year old hit blah, 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 blah. But yeah, that's the autopsy. It came out to those two things. And they said that there was. They believe a stun gun mark on her back or like her I side. I did see that. Yes. If you one look up pictures of stun gun marks, they do not look like that at all. I did some googling and it looked the don't Google it. Graphic. Yeah. And no, it's not even that bad. So then in the dock, they had a grown ass man lay down. He's a police officer, and they made him lay down, mm-hmm. and they tased him once. It just left red marks yeah not actual i've seen i've met someone that has marks on them from their tase when they got tased out of the academy and they it left marks however they did the taser on the guy and then they tased him again in the exact same spot and it did nothing and so they asked him how did it feel because the whole thought process was they tased her to subdue her why you need to do that was a six-year-old if you're an adult i don't know right but to get her to cooperate whatever right the guy that got tased and anybody that has been tased has said that it doesn't do that it gets your adrenaline pumping it makes you want to fight or flight like because you're fighting that sensation like so it doesn't make sense that they would use a stun gun like make her pass out yeah and it this guy was jumping off the table with adrenaline flailing around yes and for a six-year-old to get hit by a stun gun imagine that this grown man that's 225 pounds right gets thrown off a table and he's like screaming yeah like imagine like a six-year-old so like they don't think that it was a stun gun. So then they went back into the house later. So yeah. what, in this stock, they they weren't allowed in the house. So they remade the house. They literally rebuilt the house. Oh, my god! Like, not like standing up three no. stories. But right. it was like a the huge layout. warehouse of every single room. They had all the pictures. They had all the same toys in the same spots. Like, they replicated this Remodeled house. the first, like, Yes, all the, the important rooms. They completely did it. So they were in the basement. Burke's train set was down in the basement. So one of the officers or one of the first detectives went to the scene, like when it happened, and was kind of looking around and he pulled the train set apart, like the tracks. 
And sure enough, those two dots on her side match identical to the connectors on the train tracks. Where it's like a puzzle piece. Almost. Like a puzzle piece. Yes. Oh, you're kidding. And it's exactly the spot. Like they compared the photos to the train track model. Exact. And it's it, identical match. Now they can't 100% confirm that because they didn't get her body. But like. Right. It, they're like it's uncanny like it's There's exactly the amount of inches right. yeah and they don't think it was a stun gun because it wasn't like burns or anything on her but anyway so that was they think killed her was the flashlight because it matched and then she was poked with the train tracks and they this they said the train tracks could happen earlier like it, it could have been prior to the death like it right but they, they were there they were yeah, on back yeah Oh. There's a couple different suspects at this point. So the parents are obviously suspect mm -hmm. numero uno. Yeah. But they've done a lot of interviews. The DNA, you know, is not a match from what they found on John Bonet. And again, there's only so much testing they could have done. Mm -hmm. They buried John Bonet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean, at that point, again, there's not that many advancements. Yeah. Um, but there were a couple of suspects. So one is this Gary Oliva, which I'm sure you probably saw. He was this kind of like drifter yeah. in the town. He's this really I don't think even guy. anyone on that list is even a like a match for it no not at all they had no evidence for any of them no they were just the, creepy people yeah the only evidence one of them had i think that was like substantial or whatever was the i don't remember which one it was but his daughter was in the same pageants mm. but his ex who was in prison came out and said oh i think he did it blah, 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 blah. yes i did see that too i did see that too um and a lot of it too is because John Bonet was a pageant girl. Unfortunately, there are sick, sick people in the world. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't help. So they have all these suspects of these people who are, you know, pedophiles and anybody could go to these pageants. You know what I mean? You don't have to have like a ticket to get in. They could have gone and just kind of scoped it out and watched her. And I mean, there's just sick people in the world. So really none of these suspects in my opinion makes sense fit the bill none of they're them they're just creepy creepy people and the thing is is how did they get in the house because if we go back exactly. to they said that there was no force entry yeah except for a broken window in the basement yes which underneath the broken window was the suitcase and what i the first time i watched it my first thought is oh they needed the suitcase to climb out the window to stand on it to then get lift themselves up and get out the window. Yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. Everybody's opinion on that was that they were going to stuff her body in the suitcase. That's what the suitcase was for. Oh, really? I disagree 100% because one, it was a tiny suitcase, which bodies can fit in suitcases. I know that from previous Other true cases. crimes. Yeah. yeah. But the way it was positioned underneath the window, it was for someone to climb out of the window. Right. Or staged to look like that. However, the window was broken, and in earlier interviews, John Ramsey said that he broke the window during the summer because he got locked out of the house, and they're in such a safe neighborhood, he just never got it fixed. Just never got it repaired. Yeah. There were cobwebs also yes, around the window. Yes, cobwebs, and when the detectives, like, re-simulated the, they, again, built that house, and it was the exact same width of the windows, blah, blah, blah. 
So they had the woman climb through the window, the woman detective. Oh, she's not a detective, but whatever she is. Right. She climbed through the window and her hips barely grazed. Or was it her him? I don't remember. But all I know is that one of them, their hips were both stuck at the window. They could get in, but their hips rubbed against it, which yeah. tells them. And in the photos, there's huge cobwebs right there. There's, there's no, no way, way somebody came through that window and just didn't touch the cobwebs. cobwebs. They said it's impossible. Your whole body takes up that whole window when you crawl through it. Right. It, it's impossible. impossible. I don't think the window to me does not make a difference because I, to me, I know who it was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, not not actually, but I think the suitcase was staged there. I think it was there to make it look like somebody was climbing it off. And for some reason, the detectives did not think that one. I don't know why it was not said in the docs. Any of the docs I watched, none of them were like, oh, it was used to climb out until the girl when they were practicing climbing throughout the window. She used it to step on and then climb out. And I was like, duh, just kind of implied. Yeah, but they put it there. I think the Ramseys put it there to stage it so that it would throw. Yeah, throw them off this track yeah anyway okay so where what are what do we just leave off at burke being interviewed or no the autopsy report yeah okay so i don't know about you do you want to go over some of the other suspects because not really because they don't make any sense the only i will say um in ep- in the episode two it says in there's theories which we kind of just went over was the intruder theory, mm-hmm. which is not plausible because of the cobwebs and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But in using the suitcase, but there was no disturbance outside the window at all. Um, why would they investigate the window when John openly admitted to it is what I wrote. And then the stun gun didn't really match the marks, blah, blah, blah. We already went over that. Mm-hmm. DNA was found in the underwear. However, that was, again, debunked by it could right. have been something with the manufacturer. Yes. Um, it wasn't like enough. And, and she wasn't, there was no sign of um, sexual abuse. None. Yes. Even though we should note that she was known to be a bedwetter. And that is another theory is that um, Patsy Ramsey is that how you say it? It sounds so rhymy. I know. But Patsy was um a theory is that she John Bonet, because her bed was it was wet when was officers arrived or whatever. Like she had urine in her bed. Right. And so what they think happened was is that she woke up. One of the theories, she woke up from peeing the bed, went to tell her mom. Mom went into a rage and hit her for peeing the bed. Yeah. Which as someone who used to pee the bed a lot, my mom used to spank me for it. Oh no. Yeah, I used to get spanked for it. Yeah. Because I was old enough to not pee in the bed. However, come to find out, I had went to the doctor and they did like one of those urine dye tests. Urinary tract infection or something. No, I oh, have what? an extra tube. What? Coming off my kidney or something. And I they I don't know the scientific terms. So it's just like terms. really uncontrollable. Yes. I don't have what they call shut off valves. I don't oh, know if it's like a thing, a real word or whatever, but this is how it's explained to me at like 10. Yeah. And when I hold my pee, it can it gets backed up. Like it'll go back up the tubes. Oh my. It doesn't shut properly. So then I have to relieve myself. Like I can't. There's, there's no, no way control. To hold it. Yeah. Right. And they said the older I get, the easier it's going to be to control. Oh. Because okay. your muscles and stuff like that. Right. But, Interesting. But someone at the point of that was yeah i used to get spanked for it my mom felt bad afterward you know right, right, right. and i was watching an interview today or uh, um someone's opinion on it and they were like any parent that spanks their kid for wetting the bed should be punished because you shouldn't 
not the kid, the adult right. should be punished. You should not be mad at your kid for wetting the bed. There's something like underlying that There's a there. sign. Okay, if your kid's wetting the bed at the age of eight, we need to discuss, okay, do they have a UTI? Right. Is there something Rule medically that out? wrong? Right. Are they being sexually abused? Yeah. Because that's usually a, that a is sign. a huge sign for doctors and stuff like that. Their kid, if I take my kid to the doctor and I said, my kid wets the bed every single night. Yeah. That's going to be, that's going to run through the, a good doctor that should run through their mind. Yeah. But, um, there's just a million, th- a medical thing. It could be anything. So I don't know how true that is that she would beat her daughter because she wet the bed. I don't know how Patsy was. Like she might have been a rage. I know what it's like to have a baby that screams all night and you're awake constantly. You're always on as a mother. You don't sleep good because you have it's that mother one instinct. Thing, though, to, to have postpartum depression. Yeah. And to have a six year old. Yeah. And just go into a rage. It happens though. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm not saying it's okay, but I like yeah. I know what it's like to not get sleep. Cause I I sleep on the other side of the house as my kid, right? And I can hear him cry if he wakes up. Well, he doesn't anymore. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like at six, he did. Right. He would wake up and cry. I'd immediately jump out of bed. Like you're never really asleep as a parent. Yeah. And so I know what it's like to be at three in the morning groggy. And having to change sheets. I know what that's like. I've went through it. Yeah. And I know the frustration that comes with it. Now, have I ever beat my kid for it? Absolutely not. Yeah. But I know that it does get frustrating when it's three nights in a row. You're just exhausted. and It's just exha- exhaustion. Yeah. And so, at that point, I can see kind of lashing out. But not to the extent of killing your daughter. Yeah. So, I don't know yeah. how true I believe in that theory. It's possible. Like, she might have been an accident. But... That is one of the theories out there is yeah. that it was a, she wet the bed so much Fit that mom rage. went into a rage. Yes. Yeah. So some other things happen from 97 to 98. Pretty much the Ramseys at this point are refusing to interview with authorities. They don't really want to say much else. They do submit the clothes that they were wearing that night for further testing. Um, I don't really think anything comes back from that. Uh, Now, on March 12th of 98, a grand jury investigation is called. So they call for... And I have notes on this, too, that I want to put in. Okay. Investigators formally call for a grand jury investigation since 15 months have already passed since the murder. So this is over a year Mm -hmm. after the murder takes place. Um, The... Evidential investigations continue. In total, there are 1,058 pieces of evidence taken from the home, but there weren't any details shared. Yeah. So, is this the grand jury where they go in front of it and then they indict um, Patsy and John? Yes. Okay. So, my things on this. So, I did, I watched an interview with a detective that was on the case Mm -hmm. when this happened. And it says the DA and law enforcement were not on the same side. Yeah. Which they should be. You should always work with the DA because that's the prosecutor. So yeah. they should always work with the district attorney. They were not on the same side. Every yes. single law enforcement officer left that case. Yeah. Because the DA's office was doing a cover up in some sense. Yeah. Like they are not Several saying that they. People, I mean, Detective Lou Smith quits and in his resignation letter says, there's still a very dangerous killer out there. But then f- before that, one of the, I don't know if it was a detective or a sergeant resigns mm-hmm. because he's like, 
there's just this case is what did he what was his wording he said hang on now i want to find it but apparently while you look for that yeah fbi agents all left the case too they all chose to get off the case because it just it was going nowhere so finally they all got in a room together all the detectives and everything like that got in a room together and said um hold on oh here it is Den- okay. denver detective steve thomas resigns calling the case crippled yeah he says the elements have been thoroughly compromised and i mean he's right at that Mm -hmm. point it would have been impossible yeah so the detective says he left the case last time he'll ever talk about this case was in this interview and he said um and then they asked what did your investigation reveal he says i think patsy wrote the ransom note but the da wanted to create some parallel universe that didn't want to admit it he wouldn't allow us to get search warrants no for cell phone records for credit card statements he denied every search warrant they tried to do so it's not this case is not 100 percent the police fault this is these the da's yeah. fault they i mean the ramses must have it in good i mean they were again a well-off family yeah they had to have had it in good with somebody in the da's office yeah and then um he wouldn't get interviews with the family the family would not interview so he wouldn't make that happen and then it says detectives in the FBI got together and discussed about doing an grand grand jury indictment. So that means like we talked about in the beginning with Brian Koberger yeah. is that they get all the evidence, they put it before a grand jury and the jury will come back and say if they think we should charge yeah, or not, yeah, if it's enough name. evidence. Right. They forward. came back and said there's enough evidence to charge John and Patsy. Yeah. And um, the DA the DA did a press conference afterwards. Didn't this is not made public? The grand jury, because you don't have to, it only became public because a grand jury came out and spoke about it years later. Yeah. Like nobody knew about this. Now in, in 99, just to skip forward for a split second, in 99, uh Burke it, it is secretly questioned by the grand jury. Sorry, I kind of mm. like <laughs> I couldn't get it out there for a second. Burke was secretly questioned by the grand jury and he was officially declared a witness and he was no longer considered a suspect. Crazy. Which is important to know. But anyway, okay, go ahead. The DA did a press conference and made people believe that the grand jury pretty much said no, even though they said yes. When that wasn't the case. Indict. Yeah. Right. He made a press conference and said, there's not enough charges. We're not going to prosecute them. How could Make it make sense. (laughs) Right how were the i mean surely there are some consequences to that if a grand jury says yes there's enough supporting evidence mm-hmm. this needs to go to trial and then they come out and say no i mean there you know we really just don't have much to work with yeah like what how yeah so pretty much the officer said it became politics at this point it was literally just politics right. which is known for everywhere yeah every police department in america (laughs) yeah is about politics yeah um no charges have been filed they believe that they have no evidence to charge them my task force has no evidence what he said and then so then in this interview um alex hunter is the da Mm -hmm. um they call him in this interview that i'm like or this doc that i'm watching and he gets on the phone and he starts talking and then the phone hangs up like he hung up on them so then he they call him back and he answers and he says that 
a statute prevents him from talking about this evidence with them. So he wouldn't do an interview because there's a statute against it. And so they brought an attorney in and the attorney was like, no, there's not. Oh my gosh. Anyway, but so what is this? I have a, oh, it's the statute. Hold on, hold on. Or the indictment. Two seconds, two seconds. People. Okay, so on or between December 25th and December 26, 1996 in Boulder County, Colorado, Patricia Pa Ramsey did unlawfully, unknowingly, recklessly, and feloniously permit a child to be unreasonably placed in a situation where posed a threat of injury to a child's life or health, which resulted in the death of John Benet Ramsey, a child under the age of 16. This passed for them to arrest her on. This is what the jury said. Uh-huh. And then the exact same thing for John. It's the exact same wording and everything. Right. And it says, um, this one says a little different though. Hold on. Here it is. On December 25th to December 26th in Boulder County, Colorado, Patricia Ramsey did no, 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 no. Oh, it's the same thing. Prevent the discovery, detention, apprehension, per- prosecution, conviction, conviction, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and punishment of such, I can't read the small writing, of such person on a commission of a crime knowing that the person being assisted has committed and was suspected of a crime murder in the first degree child abuse resulting in death and the da would not prosecute because he felt like they didn't have enough evidence oh my gosh so should we round it back now and start talking about burke yes i think so I think so. So, okay, I, but I will say, which we kind of talked about a second ago, but Patsy mm-hmm. does skip forward, mm-hmm. which the Ramses in 2000 publish a book about the murder of their daughter. Since you can't see me, I roll my eyes. And they go on this publicity campaign to promote the book, but they can't talk to the police. Nope. They to cannot aid help the in the police. investigation. Anyway, skip forward 2006, Patsy dies of cancer and she is. Um, Buried next to John Bonet. Yep. I did see in pictures Marietta, of Georgia. The investigators went to her gravesite and put flowers on the grave, and I did see Patsy was buried next door, mm-hmm. which I thought was odd. But also, okay, so the interview that happened with Burke mm-hmm. like 20 years later or mm-hmm. whatever uh, was in 2016, and it was with mm-hmm. Dr. Phil. So neither Oprah or Diane Sawyer, but he did an interview with Dr. Phil mm-hmm. and, uh, this is where the resurgence kind of comes through because people already get kind of weird vibes from Burke because of the investigation and his one-on-one interviews with detectives Mm -hmm. after the murder had happened, like in the weeks and months following Mm -hmm. just because of his body language, some of the answers he gave, some of the answers. I have notes on this one too. I do too. And uh, so, yeah, people kind of got weird vibes, but it was all kind of talked up to. He's a kid. He he's you know processing this differently, so mm-hmm. you can't really look at that as like a factor. Yeah. But now in 2016, he gives this interview with Dr. Phil, and he's creepy AF, and he's creepy. Okay. I and- literally wrote my notes, creepy <laughs> AF, and then James rolled over in bed and said, "Dude, this dude is creepy." And I was he like, "Is yes, he is." Okay, so let's let's pull this up. Okay, so first of all. Should we talk about Burke and then say what our thoughts are? Or should I think we talk so. About I think the... we should talk about Burke first. Okay, let's talk about Burke, and then we'll talk about our theory. 
Okay. You want to start us off? So I'm just going to go over my notes from the Dr. Phil interview. Yes. Um, hold on. I'm going to back it up. Burke had a bad temper, apparently, according to family friends. Uh, he hit John Bonet, said Phillips, hit her with a golf club. Housekeeper found poop on the walls, feces. I'll yeah, use feces. Right. In John Bonet's bed, found feces. And on the candy she got the day before Christmas, there was feces smeared on it. <gasps> um, the second interview with him, convincing the e- interviewer he was a deep sleeper, overly describing things to the interviewer, which is a sign. Right. You overly, like, give your, like, I went to Walmart today. Like, that's my alibi. I was at Walmart today. But yeah. instead, I said, I drove in my gold car. I saw this homeless man on the side of the road. It's just and I waved about. goodbye. Over-explaining. Over-explaining is, yes. a, is a red flag. So, he's convincing the interviewer that he was a deep sleeper, over-describing things to the interviewer. He knows something is unfolding. And then the snack before bed. Mm-hmm. But then let's backtrack it a little bit. And then this... Um, so, it was very to note that when the next morning when police arrived there was a bowl of pineapples in milk gross i'm sorry but like milk and pineapple kind of weird gross and a glass with a tea bag in it Mm -hmm. at the at the table yeah it was unlike it was just there yeah so they found to note they found john benet's in her intestines um pineapple so it obviously wasn't digested no not yet and so um he in the interview they showed him a picture of pineapple in a bowl and they asked what is this this part and he just went like do you want to explain that part where he just literally went so he's okay he's nine or ten at this point where Mm -hmm. they're questioning him okay and he's in this little room with you know a, a detective or whatever and they're questioning him and he's on his knees like kind of sitting up in this chair and they flip around this picture of this bowl of pineapple and milk and they're like can you tell me what this is and he kind of sits there for a minute and he starts he's wearing like a collared short sleeve shirt like a polo Mm -hmm. and he kind of starts grabbing at the sleeve of his shirt you know kind of like fidgeting with it a little bit and he's just looking at this picture, like not quite sure what yeah. to say. But it's it's such a long period of him just looking at this photo, not saying anything. Yeah, it was a good like three minutes. I mean, it was it was a hard watch. Yeah, because like just say what it is. Yes, and it was I don't the body he was language. Like, I don't know. He was like, kind of like rocking a little bit. Yeah. And he was like, just. And this is him a little older. This isn't at 97. This wasn't in 1997. been 11. Yeah. He was like 11 or something. This is when they questioned him again. Yes. Yes. This is a second interview. Yeah. But it was to me. It was wild. It was odd that he couldn't say, oh, that's a bowl of pineapple. Like he knew. Like he was caught. Yep. That's what me and James were looking at. The look on his face was, which the video is kind of grainy, but. Oh, shit. The look on his face was like, they're putting it together. Yeah. Like hundred percent, it, it just came off that way. And then, yep. um, yep. where was I? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, so, um, then they brought up the trains. Does he like trains? And he said yes. So that kind of went with the train track thing, which Avi they had train tracks in their house. Mm-hmm. Um, 
His statement, he said he saw an open window in glass. Doesn't know. Doesn't make sense because in the interview, he said he. Okay, no. Never mind. Anyway, okay, let's go to the Dr. Phil one. So, yeah, yeah. Dr. Phil, he does, in my notes, say, dude is creepy AF. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He saw John Benet alive last in the car on the way home. Apparently, she fell asleep on the car on the way home from the party. And they carried upstairs, put her to bed. Doesn't remember hearing anything at night. Woke up to his mom rushing around. And what's crazy, Dr. Phil said, so you just laid there? Yeah. With your mom screaming, running around, coming in and out of the room. You just lay there. And the whole interview, he's got this like smile I, on his face. It's one of one of these like analysts kind of rewatched it. I mm-hmm. watched this video and he was like, I don't necessarily see a smile so much as I see is an, an uncomfortable look on his face. Yeah. It looked like a freaky smile. But though, it does like look like a freaky smile. smile. Yeah. It's it's gives you like a weird feeling and then he said um the police officer comes in with a flashlight and he just stays in bed and then dr phil said were you curious and he said not worried curious um not worried just curious or something like that i don't remember but yeah. and it says um he got to the kitchen and someone said john benet is missing it was a detective that told him and then going to one of his friend's house uh his dad, I guess, said John Bonet is in heaven now. Now I wonder if that's where he disappeared for an hour. Was he was taking, taking Burke him somewhere else? But Probably. then I also heard that the friends took Burke. Oh, I so don't I don't know. know. Could be. And then he said in this interview, he's a grown adult in this interview, might I add. Yes. So in the interview, someone, I think I want to say Dr. Phil asked him, Did you see John Bonet at the funeral? And he said, Saw John Bonet at the funeral and her eye was droopy. Yes, I saw that where he said it looked like one of her eyes was like lower than the other. But it's he gives no recollection of like the feelings that he had or like how hard it was for him to like live through that or see his little sister. It's just there's no emotion. There was like it just felt like it was very cold. I don't know if you felt like got that when you were watching it. Yeah. It felt like he was really just thinking about what to say. Hold on. Here's a 30-second video of one of his interviews. I don't think you can hear it. I'll read it because I don't know if you're going to be able to hear it. But his interview, it says, I know what happened. You mean you... Shit. I know what happened. You mean when she got killed? How do you think it happened? And then he said, I think, well, I asked my dad where they found her body. My dad said, found her in the basement. And so I think that someone took her, uh, tiptoed around the house, something, something. It's all in white, so I can't tell now. And then uh, bashed her. That's what he did. He, I completely forgot about this oh, part. I was just about to tell you this. And he does the motion. The motion with exactly of what that 10-year-old yeah. did with that flashlight. Let me read you real quick this note that I took. This is from CBS Real Crime. Mm-hmm. Burke told investigators that he first asked his dad where John Bonet's body was found. Mm-hmm. It's strange for, strange for a nine-year-old to ask about their sister's body rather than what happened to her. 
His concern with John Bonet's dead body is very abnormal for a child, especially of that age. When asked how John Bonet died in one of the interviews, Burke did a physical demonstrations of someone hitting her with a hammer. Jim Clemente states this was odd because most children would not want to reenact something like that. Burke Ramsey's interview was full of unusual behavior. He had no appropriate emotion to all about this happening to his sister. And there was no indication of a child experiencing, experiencing recent trauma. None at all. And see, with the Dr. Phil, after he said her eye was droopy, mm-hmm. I turned it off because I couldn't watch anymore. It's I was like, like, it was uncomfortable. It was. And just, so do you want to go over like the theory now? Like what yes, the theory is? Yes, I do. I do. Okay. So as Ashley kind of previously stated, the the bowl of pineapple, in my opinion, is the most integral integral part being that all of the i mean which he claimed was his favorite snack yes yes but you also have to think there's there wasn't a whole lot of evidence mm-hmm. because the whole case was so trampled up. on yeah right, exactly so nobody was claiming this bowl of pineapple John and Patsy both said they don't remember giving mm-hmm. either of the kids pineapple. Mm-hmm. Nobody's claiming it. Burke said it wasn't his. They said that John Bonet didn't eat any pineapple that night. She just went straight to bed after they got home. Nobody's claiming this bowl, okay? So the alibi given by John Bonet's parents stated they got home from the party. John Bonet and Burke both immediately went to bed. Um, but then, of course, when they have the autopsy of John Bonet, they, you know, find in her stomach that she's got this undigested pineapple. So this is what people think happened. And this is what Ashley and I both think is. And we came to these conclusions separately. We did. Because we typically when we do the true crime podcasts, we watch things separately and research things separately. Uh huh. And then we kind of... That's why it's all over the place, because our notes are so opposite. Like We try like, not to talk about it, like, in real life before we record yeah. the episode at all. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way, because we're just too excited. Yeah. But most of the time, we come up with our own conclusions. Yeah. Okay? But we both believe this firmly. So we think, and many people seem to also think, Burke woke up that night, mm-hmm. got himself a little snack of little pineapple and snack. milk. And then, of course, the tea on the side or whatever. John Bonet comes down, and she takes some of Burke's pineapple. Hold on. We'll also note that they did test the pineapple and the tea bag, uh-huh. or not the tea bag, but the the glass and the bowl and the spoon. It only had Patsy's DNA on it, and or Patsy's fingerprints, and it had Burke's fingerprints on it. Did not have any of John Bonet's, but that's when they think. If she just grabbed a chunk of pineapple, yeah, out of that's the bowl, what they think is yes. that she just reached over, grabbed a piece out right. of the bowl, exactly, and then it all unfolded, and he it peed him off. Yep. So we think that John Bonet went and grabbed some of his pineapple. Mm-hmm. Burke clearly has got some issues, and then bashed her in the head with the flashlight. Yep. We now okay. At this point, you think okay. Why would the parents want to cover that up? Yeah. We think that they staged the entire ransom note, the scene downstairs in the basement. Patsy had to have written that note. I'm had sorry. To. Even the detective, like this, this yeah. doc was filmed like a couple years ago, if that. What was the, let me go back to this, um, 
one of the detectives that resigned mm-hmm. said here let me find it real quick okay well detective Arndt in 1999 did an interview on good morning america and mm-hmm. said he knows who the killer is but won't say who <laughs> so that's kind of cryptic but um somebody i can't find it right now but somebody said there's no way that patsy did not write that note yeah there's no way i've seen more stuff about her writing the note than against that she didn't that write she the didn't note. write yeah. the note yeah the only thing that is a question to me is why are they so protective over Burke that they, that they feel that first of all, okay, they're going through the shock of realizing that their daughter has mm-hmm. just been killed by their son, mm-hmm. whether it was an accident or it was, a and that rage. could be why she was genuinely freaking out because she found her dad in the kitchen. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. But again that note would have taken 20 plus minutes to write yep and on top of that you had to wrap cords around your daughter's neck yeah you had to tie her hands up yeah put duct tape over her mouth yeah it's just it's like i don't want to think that a family could cover that up yeah but then again like you're desperate like you already lost one child are are you prepared to lose the other one because i've seen um I think it was like Law and Order SVU or something like that, where a baby died because the other toddler or whatever, yeah. or not the toddler, it was like an older kid, got like a mitten and covered it over the child's mouth oh, and ended no. up dying. Again, this is TV. Right. But right. Um, I'm sure it's happened out there. Yeah. And the family covered it up and there was nothing the police could do because there was no evidence. Evidence. And I mean, what are they going to do? Take away the eight-year-old? No, they can't charge him. They couldn't have charged him. They could have maybe got him therapy or something. Right. Or sent him maybe somewhere. I don't know what but was going through their minds, but there's got to be some issues with that whole family because, it, and again, you can't really put yourself in that scenario, but I would like to think that if I was in the role of mom or dad, the Ramseys, mm-hmm. my first thought is not going to be we have to stage a kidnapping yeah and that our daughter's been murdered maybe maybe their thought process wasn't him going away or what kind of life would he live if it come to find out he did kill her yeah in 20 years he's going to be known as his sister killer but he still has to live with that yeah but that's why he's cuckoo and creepy because he's holding it in and i think in that or he's actually psychotic I just wonder if there's because the lack of emotion in those interviews is concerning. Yeah. For any like even if he didn't kill, like that's like psychopath stuff. It's still textbook red flag. Yeah, or narcs narcissism. Yes, because you don't feel those emotions that other people are feeling and you Yeah. There's no empathy. There's no Yeah. You're just cold. And there's nothing wrong with that. Some people live like that every single day. But if he did do it, they have a bigger problem on their hands because like to him, he did nothing wrong. What will he do later in life? Yeah. Yeah. I even Googled, does he have kids now? He does not have kids. He does have a secret girlfriend, they think. They, they don't 100% know because he's so secretive. Yeah. But they do think he is dating someone. Um. But I bet that's what it was, is that they don't know what kind of life he would have lived if it were to come out. And and then again, they're socialites, like, or whatever that word is. Um, yeah. They probably didn't want the their kid killed somebody like they'd be shunned or whatever they think would happen like it's just but, the prior again with the priorities yeah like 
My beef with it is, say he did do it and they covered it up. Right. Why would you go on these book tours? Why would you go to all these interviews? Why would you do like CNN or why would you let him go on Dr. Phil or they're they're doing it and something's wrong with the family. First of all, why does anybody write a book? Yeah. Money. Money. Yeah. (laughs) Money. And unless like somehow no there's no freaking way because the way the knots were tied they said you had to be experienced to tie those knots i was gonna say maybe he covered it up himself like he put her in the basement well he couldn't have wrote the note either he's nine or however old he was that makes no sense let's just pretend i I guess so if we both think that patsy wrote the note yeah because they say that her handwriting did not match but they definitely think it was a female that wrote it do we think John Bonet had to have been killed in the early hours. Yes. Even though rigor mortis had not set in, she had to have written that note while frantic. Yes. And that's so why that the it could have made her so yeah. off. Your adrenaline pumping. And yes. And they're trying to quickly think, what are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I bet they're this up all wild. night. Cause they said, um, Judith said that when she came over to the house afterwards, she said, Patsy looked exhausted. Like, it's one thing, I guess, mentally you're exhausted at that point because your kid's missing or whatever. I don't know. I don't think that they actually ever went to sleep. They they might have not. I bet it happened early hours of the night. I guarantee they get home. Okay. It's a Christmas party. Yeah. I bet they get home at 11 or 12 o'clock midnight. Yeah. They give Burke a bowl of pineapple. Hold him over because dinner was probably about eight. So they need something to give him a little snacky snack. He does. The thing happens. He kills John Bonet, And immediately they're in okay what are we gonna do mode yeah and at the end of the day do i blame them i don't i don't know i mean i think the aftermath of what they're all doing yes i blame them i blame the parents for sure yes but like would i protect giacomo as much as i could but like like i said back to car or car brian koberger if my son committed murders like you you gonna do the time you're doing whether it's your kid or not, and again, I don't have kids, so it's harder to say that, but you're only doing them injustice mm-hmm. by not getting them help. And if that help means that they've done something terrible and the help is for them to be in prison to where they yeah. cannot hurt anybody else. Yep. That's what you have to do. So at the end of the day, we think Burke did it. Yep. We 100%. Yeah. Hundo P stand by it. I don't think we'll ever know unless someone says it on their deathbed. I don't think so either. Unless something were to come out. Like, Has anybody ever done that? Like on their deathbed committed to a crime? I would. I'd 100% go out that way. I want to look that up. I'm sure there has or it wouldn't be a thing. Like a documented yeah. thing. Confessed on the deathbed. Oh my gosh. I think once you die they should put your DNA in the system. Yeah. I think so too. I think so too. That way you can't be charged for anything, but but like at least it answers. Yeah, you give people answers. Anyway, so you guys, I mean, we've given a lot of information for throughout and we this jumped episode, around like so yeah. much, but whatever. Sorry, I mean, I'm sure that y'all probably at least know who John Benet Ramsey is and like mm-hmm. are somewhat familiar with the case, but go go watch some of the interviews. Go watch this doc that Ashley found on Amazon Prime and make your own decision but that's yeah we feel very strongly and the thing i liked about the doc was they were not pointing fingers at anybody the whole doc until the very end because that's the whole point they all the six people there might have been more than six i don't know how many people i'm guessing on six but there was six of them sitting around a table 
they did they went out they interviewed everybody they could right. they built that house they looked at the autopsy they did literally everything they could and get their hands on and then at the end they concluded they all got together and said okay what do you think happened yeah. and they each said burke did it they they 100 think burke did it he was behind it all yeah and it's just and that was this came out before the dr phil i think because you know it was what? nothing about the dr phil interview i in will say though it's very good of them to do something like that mm -hmm. because even though I'm, it's it's probably traumatic for people who are close to them to have to like watch that or uh, mm -hmm. if they did watch it or whatever but because that case was so trampled on like you said yeah by the original detectives and the police and whatever mm -hmm. there was no way that they were going to be able to find anything viable and i'd like to point to out that is good so we say the case was trampled on yes and it wasn't by the detectives though it was done by the police department so because when you call 911 the first person that comes in is just a patrol officer yeah so they're the ones that did not secure the scene. Right. They're the ones that walked up through the house, searched it, blah, 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 blah. The detective did not, not show up until way later. I think the only thing wrong with the detective did, he picked up the body and moved it. Yeah. Which is a duh. I'm, I'm not a detective and I can tell you that. Secure the crime scene. Yes. Like so I think it was the police department lack of training. It's a rich neighborhood. They don't get murders often. So yeah. they don't know. Right. But, but still, you have to treat yes like Everything it's common insane. sense at that point i think but then again it's 1996 i don't freaking know what it was like then <sighs> anyway this is the longest episode we've ever done <laughs> what are we sitting at 153 oh i know this one's spicy you guys are welcome now i got something to listen to while you're cleaning your house yeah <laughs> anyway i definitely want to know what people think about yeah because this one everybody knows about this case there's yes. only like three that are top cases out there casey anthony john benet and then there was one other that someone said that clearly it's not that popular because i don't know about it do you, i'm just what kidding was it? do you remember the names i do remember i'm pretty sure it's the one of the girl that um parents went on vacation to like not mexico um costa rica something girl little girl went on vacation the family went to dinner oh it was the the british oh what was her yes. name what was her name carly carl uh and they left her in a hotel room and they were only like they could still see the hotel room from where they were sitting at dinner the adults went to dinner and they let the kids sleep which i get i would never do it but i do see like where they thought it was okay yes um but that's a huge case a huge huge case i can't remember the name of oh it though my gosh what is that girl's name i know exactly what you're talking about they Hold were on. in a um, girl taken from hotel room in spain okay here it is madeline mccann yes that's who it is yes and that was in 2007 she was three yeah she could still be out there somewhere why in the world would their parents leave a three-year-old i don't get that i mean that there was older kids episode. there was older kids but still they were all asleep so i i see the thought process there because when i used to live in an apartment i'd leave jock upstairs because i lived on the second floor mm -hmm. i'd leave jock upstairs and i'd go down and take the trash out 
which is kind of a far walk. But I knew he was fine in the house locked up. I always locked the door. There's a difference in taking your trash outside yeah. than walking down the street to a restaurant. Yeah. And then walking back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Anyway, that could be a whole whole different episode. I yeah. Think we say that like every episode. That could be a whole separate episode. <laughs> there, That one girl came out saying that she was her. Did you see that? No. Yeah, she has the same. Okay, so apparently the little girl has like a um, deformity on her eye. Not like a deformity. That's a horrible way to describe it. But like a um, like a speck almost in her eye with her iris or whatever that shit's called. Oh my God, her stomach. Dude, search her name and then her eye. If it's the same case I'm thinking of, I could be completely wrong. Oh, yeah. That right there. Like yes. Her, like a girl came out with the same spot on her eye like that. And she said her family, she never understood her family. Um, she was sexually abused by her family. She doesn't look like anybody in her family. And she came out and she's like, I think I'm your daughter. And they were supposed to do DNA tests. And I don't know whatever came of oh, it. Oh, wow. But anyway. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Anyway, guys, that is the John Bonet Ramsey case. Please form your own thoughts and opinions. Comment below. Yes, please let us know what you think because we want we we're interested to know everybody else's theories and opinions on it. Yeah, I I still feel very firm in my theory. I do too. You'd have because, to really convince me otherwise. Yes, but if you do have a different one, let us know because we were interested. Or if anything we missed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now we didn't go over again of people that were suspects. Yes, because there was no evidence at all. Yeah. To these people. And 90% of them gave DNA and none of them matched that male DNA. None of, yeah. None so of they them. all were ruled out anyway. Yeah, they were. They were just creepy dudes. Just creepy. Really and creepy like dudes. the housekeeper was one of them. Like, mm-hmm. like the local Santa. Yeah. Like it's just a step. It was just a reach, I think, with it, a lot yeah. of them. Yeah. Anyway. All right, okay. guys. Sorry it ran a little bit long, but you're, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> you are welcome. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.